Okay, so I'm playing just a casual match, and uh, you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm going Bulbasaur. So where am I heading? Say it with me. Top lane. I'm okay. top lane in it because I'm not a fucking noob. I know what I'm doing. I go top lane. I'm up there. I'm farming Pokemon. I'm doing my thing. I'm leveling up. You know, start off with that laser leaf. Got to get that uh, a razor leaf. Excuse me. <laughs> my God. <laughs> razor leaf. Jeez. Uh, so, you know, I'm up there doing my work. And, you know, I got a slow bro with me. You know, he's, a, he's tanking for me. Okay. And uh, we're getting in there. We're getting in a rhythm. You know, uh-huh. we're kind of pushing on the enemy's goal. Sure. What do I see this Snorlax doing? This Snorlax is going up and down, running in the wild, like like a like a like a like a speedster. Is Snorlax a speedster? No, clearly not. Uh, you and I know this. So I'm like, what is this Snorlax doing? You get it. I get it. Totally. <laughs> the look on my face, I would say. A uh, little little sneak preview into what I'm going to be talking about in the uh, first part of the episode, but uh, welcome everyone to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. Uh, this is the <laughs> podcast where uh, a married couple does a minimal amount of research on a given topic because yep. we enjoy talking to each other and we enjoy talking at you. Hey you, how, hey, are, you. how are you doing? <laughs> I think Amber had a pointer like maybe a week or so ago. We were talking to somebody and they were like, oh yeah, it's nice when like you listen to a podcast and it feels like they are talking directly to you. So I'm going to do that from now on. Are you okay with that? Good. Okay. Uh, How are you, honey? Uh, you know, I'm doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, I've been getting back into uh, running mm-hmm. and uh, I'm following this like uh, 13.1 training app and uh, it's it's got me going at a, at a more leisurely pace on my runs, so yeah. I haven't been injuring myself. Mm-hmm. Cause good. yeah, I'm a total dummy when it comes to running. I just want to get out there and I want to run six miles immediately, and that's how I like totally stress out my IT band and my knees start to hurt and uh, my plantar fasciitis starts acting up. But this is really kind of you know I'm, I'm pushing them more a little bit because I'm getting back into my flow. Right. Uh, but it's nice to be like you know. You're only running this much, mm-hmm. like, and it's three minutes, three minute run, two minute walk. Do that eight times, you know, and then a cool down, and you're done. And it's like okay, and I like even if I have a little more in the tank, like that's okay. I don't need to push myself that hard. So that's, it's been good to get done with a run and not feel like I need to nap immediately, mm-hmm. or you know, I'm not worried, I'm not limping immediately, or I'm worried about limping the next day. See, that's where you and I differ when it comes to running because mm-hmm. I feel like. Yes, you want to go six, seven miles, push yourself. I'm more of like, I'm going to run until it burns, and then I'm going to walk a bit mm-hmm. <laughs> until mm-hmm. it gets back down, yeah. and then I'll try again. Usually that's about a half a mile. Yeah, which you is know? great. And so it's a lot of uh, a lot of jogging, walking. Yeah, that, uh, that's interval training. That's what you're doing. I, you're jogging I, for a little bit, and then you walk it out. But at most, I'd probably go like two miles, and then I'd mm-hmm. be done. So I commend you for wanting to... <laughs> a lot longer uh, than that. Yeah, I, I I think I was talking to our buddy on Sunday, one of our friends, and uh, he was like, the last time I ran was in ninth grade. I ran the mile, mm-hmm. and he's like, so I don't I don't like I commend you, but I don't get it. I'm like, yeah, like I, it's running is something I can zone out, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of just flow with it. Yeah. Uh, whereas weights and things like that, I I process and I worry. And I, there's more brain power because it's not something that I'm comfortable with. I'm always worried about my technique, about injuring myself. Okay. You know, is this 
you know, am I not doing enough weight? Should I be putting on more weight to, you know, to get stronger? Or should I bring the weight down, especially squats? Yeah. Squats stress me out because I want to push it a little bit, but I also really don't want to mess up my back or my knees or anything like that. Yeah. So running is just, like, it's just get out there, you know, a lot of time the the song that I have on will push me. Mm-hmm. Like, today, gosh, I was listening to something and it got me a little pumped up, and it was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd ran for three minutes, and then I was on the walking portion, two minutes. And what I've been doing is I try to walk for about a minute, and then I'll do a light jog, mm-hmm. kind of do a nice, bouncy, slow jog just to get my heart rate up a little bit, but also kind of, you know, I'm trying to test out my, my plantar again on yeah. the bottom of my feet. Um, but I was listening to something and all of a sudden I'm running and then I hear the ding in my headphones and it's like, start running. I'm like, oh shit, I've been running for like 45 <laughs> seconds because the music just like Gets took me, took me there. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so I glad to get back into it. You know, I've been cycling a lot too. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to get back, uh, I want to get back into weights, yeah. uh, later on, um, I was I was talking to a friend. I like uh, the race, the thirteen point one half marathon I'm doing in October. I think after that I want to try and see if I can kind of go through a bulking phase. Oh yeah, I so bet we'll you see. Could. Yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, taking a lot more calories, and I'll need to figure out if I've got the proper equipment at home or if I do really need to go to a gym, mm-hmm. you know, to do some proper five by five Olympic style lifting. Yeah. Or if I can kind of fudge it at home. Because I'd rather fudge it at home. Right. We'll see. Yeah. I talked a lot. How are you? <laughs> good. No, that's good because uh, I'm... No, I'm good. I, you know, we've been getting ready for the move next mm-hmm. week and so I've mm-hmm. been packing and um, I realize I am not looking forward to the move because we've accumulated a lot more crap in this house than I thought. And you've even been kind of Marie Kondo for the past few years, and yet, yeah. For some reason, I looked out in the garage today, just the stuff that are, like, lined up against the wall, and I'm like, oh, my God, we have a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's very true. Um, But it'll be good to have, like, a few days of moving. I think that's going to make me feel better, just, like, little by little, moving it out. And I think especially in the garage, Mm -hmm. you know, if if we can get as much stuff out into the garage as possible, and then, yeah, like... uh, those four or five days we have before the proper move yeah it's just tossing stuff in the back of my of my xterra gently setting things in the back of your vehicle because it's brand new and it's elise so we got to keep her pretty got to keep her pretty gotta yeah love and we've named her tina she yes. has a 2022 sportage xs yes kia kia sportage, kia sportage. yeah uh, we uh, love her not xs uh se X- no xs not an XS. Yes, it is. Really? I promise. No. Yes. Because I thought we were looking at the SEs, and then they showed us the XS. I will show you the paperwork. Please do. Yeah. Hang on. Guys, I'm calling her on her bullshit. <laughs> I bet it's SX, not XS. XS. Uh, well, you know, we'll find out. You're going to mm, learn today. You're going to learn today. Ooh, what is it? She's looking. Hold on. I Hold on. Her, her I got looking. a lot of paperwork here. Yep. No, that's our credit score. This is thrilling podcasting. This just says Sportage. We'll have to look on the actual car. Yeah, everything just says Sportage. Okay. So we don't know, but pretty I, like positive it's XS. 
I think she's wrong, but we'll we'll continue on. We'll bet on it. Right in. Tell yeah. us uh, tell us who you think is right. Otherwise, I've been lying to everybody. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, let's see. But you were talking about what you were into, or have we? I uh, haven't started yet. Do you want to go first? You want me oh, to go sure. first? I can go first. Yeah, please do. Uh, no, I saw that um, Sex and the City, uh, the movie was on TV the other day. Yeah. I don't remember when that came out, but certain things in that movie did not age very well. I believe it was like kind of around the year 2000. Was it? I'll look it up. Okay. Um, and so there were certain things in the movie. I mean, obviously, I'm a big Sex in the City fan. I have probably watched every single episode a couple of times. and But the movie, there was a... Uh, 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So. so there was a part in the movie which was a little racist, mm. and it kind of caught me off guard because there was a, a point in the movie where Miranda, the redheaded one, um, is looking for an apartment, mm -hmm. and they're kind of in, like, Brooklyn area, I think. Okay. And I don't know, does Brooklyn have, like, a Chinatown or something where it's just a lot of Asian I, businesses? I'm not familiar with New York geography okay. or topography. Because uh, that's, that's the area that she seemed to be in, okay. you know, and so they were getting picking up lunch or whatever, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she's... She sees this this guy come out of the store with a kid, and she's like, oh, there's a white man with a baby. Wherever he's going, we need to go. Let's follow him. And I'm like... What? Why? That was, that was racist. Okay. A white... a white man with a baby. So basically thinking, like, he's going back home, so wherever his home is is where she wants to be because it's a white community is how I took oh. it. Oh. Yeah, that's... Like a, a white family community. Yeah, that's weird. So I was like, you know, I don't know, just little things throughout yeah. the, the movie was, yeah, a little racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but otherwise, it, it's a good movie. <laughs> That's good. That's good, yeah. On that same note, I was, uh, when I was running today, uh, Missy Elliott's, uh, is it Let Me Work It? Is that the name of the song? I think so. Is it worth it? Let me work it. Put my thing down, flip it, and reverse yeah. it. Um, at one point, uh, she, I, I believe she's saying something along the lines of, like, I will do... Uh, so, uh, she says like Chinese boys, I believe, but then mm. she's then she goes, "Why yo dying on the dying on dying?" I'm like, "Oh my, I forgot about that part." Yeah, yeah, that's that's like kind of gnarly. Mm. I mean, you know, is what it is. Everything viewed within the prism of when it was released. Yeah, you know, we can stay here in 2021 and be like, "Hey, we've come a long ways," but that was that was then. Yeah, this is now. True, is what it is. Yeah, but yeah, things can just not age well and take yes. you out for a minute i always talk about fast and the furious uh i watched that a couple years ago and there is a hard f a g g o t word mm -hmm. in there directed at somebody so used in an extremely derogatory fashion i was like oh man like yeah, yeah. well and even in uh might have been 16 candles there's a there's a hard f in there as so. well yeah yeah hey, again you know it's not like those movies, in my opinion, need to be like boycotted or ignored. It's just something to mm -hmm. understand. Mm -hmm. You know, same with Bob Hope's uh, portrayal of a Japanese man in uh, ooh, what was that movie? I don't know. It was very offensive. I mean, again, well, it might have been offensive back then. I don't know. It was like a very, very bad stereotype. Oh, it had that lady that every girl in college has a poster of her up on the wall um, oh man uh roman holiday i think the movie i'm thinking of is like her biggest movie um hmm. I don't damn know. it oh that's annoying um i might have to look it up again 
Anything else you've been into? Well, I look up Bob Hope's offensive <laughs> Japanese uh, man. Oh, gosh. Not really. <laughs> Not really? Not really. No, it's just whatever I find on TV, honestly, after doing the daily, daily stuff. Yeah, kind of boring this week. Haven't really been doing a whole lot of media work or TV watching. A lot more TikTok and whatnot. You have been doing a lot of... Yeah. A lot of just kind of chilling and uh, hanging out on social media. Yeah. We were talking about how drastically different we are that like I'll walk into you in a room like with a TV and stuff and you're just sitting there on your phone Mm -hmm. and it's very quiet in the room. It creeps me out. But then on the alternate side, you'll come into a room I'm in and I'll have the TV on. I'll have a podcast in my ear and I'll be playing a video game. And that seems very odd to you. To me, it's overstimulation. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm sure it is. It's probably not good for me, but, <laughs> but it's but it's where I feel comfortable. So, uh, yeah, different uh, different people are different. Anyways, <laughs> so what I've been into, um, did want to just quickly touch on. Uh, there's a podcast. I don't know if I brought it up on here. I may have. It's called Newcomers. Uh, they've got about three seasons out, I believe. Uh, typically, it is Lauren Lapkus and Nicole Byer. Mm-hmm. First, season is, first season is them going through Star Wars media. Uh, a lot of movies, some TV shows, stuff like that. Second season was Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I believe those were in there together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, third season was... Oh, third season was Medea. It was really good. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they got a kick out of the Medea films, mm-hmm. and so it was a lot of fun. Like, the other two seasons are fantastic, mm-hmm. um, but they just started the new season, and Lauren Lapkus, uh, either when this was being recorded, either had had her baby or is still uh, late in the pregnancy. Um, so she took a break, but now it is Nicole Byer, who we both love, mm-hmm. and yeah, John awesome. Gabris. Uh, John Gabris is hilarious. Uh, you were asking me earlier where we would know him from. He was actually on an episode of Nailed It. Uh, really, oh, really? Really big dude. Might have been a Hawaiian shirt. I mean, not really big. He's, oh, okay. a, he's, he's a big dude, but... I think um, I know who that is then. Yeah, Dark very hair. funny. Yep, and mm-hmm. they are going to be watching the Fast and Furious movies. Fun. Uh, yes, and uh, I believe John Gabris is a pretty big fan of it already, but Nicole Byer's got some blind spots, and okay. uh, she's very funny because she'll like watch things but just not pay attention at all. <laughs> like I, I just think, you know, besides probably the Medea films, but especially those first two seasons, if you're very precious about Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, you probably don't want to listen to it because they... They're just not in those worlds mm-hmm. a lot. So they get shit wrong and they forget stuff and they call characters by the wrong name. <laughs> and it's really funny and it's, you know, they've gotten bad reviews because people are like, oh, these, you know, these ladies don't know what to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah. They're newcomers. They don't know any of this shit. And they'll bring on uh, guests who are friends or uh, creators in those spaces yeah. um, to talk to them them about it and but it's never like mansplaining like nicole Byer will say the names wrong constantly <laughs> and nobody's like actually it's this everybody's just like yeah that's that's your journey you call mm-hmm. whatever you want yeah. yeah uh so if you're not like super critical of people not fully understanding the media that you do totally listen to those podcasts but uh the main thing i've been into recently is a new game that came out maybe a week ago a little less, I think, called Pokemon Unite. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was in, I think, an alpha and beta version for a while. I wasn't hip to that at all. Okay. Uh, but it came out on Nintendo Switch. It's totally free. It is a MOBA. A, I believe that stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. Um, there's some really big games, uh, especially in the esports world, mm-hmm. that are MOBAs, like League of Legends... Uh, something about a rift or something. I don't know. I tried playing League of Legends for a bit, and it was too much. It was just too complicated, and I I bailed. Mm-hmm. But this just came out, so there's a lot of people on my same level. And the good thing is, it's Pokemon. Like Pokemon, just all ages. Yeah, there's little kids that love Pokemon. There's 45 year old, you know, and older that love Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, and there's not really a functionality on the game for people to yell at you. So that's great. so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's a that, little bit more enjoyable. Yes, that story I made up about Snorlax, it was all made up, but in the context of the game, if Snorlax was doing that, you'd be like, well, this we're going to lose this one, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's very fun, it's very, uh, uh, it's it's awesome, it's, it's Pokemon. If you're into Pokemon, like, this is a really good game, uh, it takes a level of learning, it's, a, it's more chess, less Call of Duty, okay. like, there's just kind of, like, you know... You don't just straight up run at the enemy and attack. You kind of poke and you fall back and you wait for support and you defend your goal and you push on the other goal. So there's a lot more strategy involved. Yes, yes. Uh, hence why it's big in the esports realm is the level of strategy mm-hmm. creates a space where there's, you know, the cream rises to the top. Got it. Um, and then that's that's how professionals are made. But uh, yeah, this one's awesome. I've been playing. Uh, I was playing a lot of Bulbasaur for a while. I really dig Snorlax. Mm-hmm. Snorlax is a big defender. He just kind of soaks up damage, so that uh, other people can like, you know, uh, hurl damage at the other players behind me mm-hmm. as I'm like taking a nap, but I'm recouping my HP <laughs> and stuff. Um, you know, one thing that I appreciate with Pokemon is their creative names that they have for the Mm -hmm. characters. Some of them, it's almost like they had like a bunch of lettered tiles. They just shook them up, threw them on the table and was like, oh, Snorlax. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, and, uh, uh, some I like about this is there's, uh, Pokemon from all different generations. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's some Pokemon in there. I don't know. I've never really played. Like they might've been from like the Sapphire era or something that I... Do you I, have any idea how many characters they could come up with? How many Pokemon there are? No, because there's like legendaries, there's uh, weird variants. Crazy. So it all kind of depends on how you're defining them because the starter, like the Mew from the original Pokemon line, mm-hmm. uh, they then came out and made a Mew in the Alola region. Uh, I don't remember the name of that specific Pokemon game, but he looks different. So it's like, are those two separate Pokemon or are they the same Pokemon and they just look a little different? Mm-hmm. No, no goddamn clue. Crazy. I, I, yeah, I think starting they had 160 something. Okay. Now it's got to be close to a thousand, if not more than a thousand. Wow. There's just a ton of them. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, that one's a good time and uh, it is a free to play game, but uh, there is a subscription portion Mm -hmm. like all these games that are free to play and uh something that i've enjoyed is you can see like as you level up you get this free stuff Mm -hmm. but if you pay for the subscription you would get these other things as well okay they're all cosmetic for your your trainer character in the game so it's like a jacket and some socks and it's like oh that's great i don't care about any of that (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, some people will, and so they'll pay for the subscription and right. uh, you know the additional membership benefits. But it is all cosmetic. Where games get into trouble is if they have this pr- subscription model. Yeah. But then also you get certain in-game perks that can help you uh, progress faster than another player. That can mm-hmm. make your character stronger than somebody else. That's where um, games have been accused of uh, being similar to gambling and pushing gambling on children. Um, Australia kind of uh, went hard on Star Wars Battlefront a couple years ago because mm-hmm. they had a very predatory uh, subscription model built in. Um, theirs was based on loot boxes where basically you uh, earn enough in-game currency you spend that currency on a loot box and it just randomly gives you stuff. Mm, okay. But uh, people found out that unless, like, you would either have to, to get to, like, the end game, essentially, where you have everything you need, mm-hmm. you would have to pay, like, $8,000 or it would take you approximately, like, three weeks in game hmm. to get to the same spot. So it's... Uh, those numbers aren't accurate, but it's that's the predatory side of it. This is very much, hey, do you want this jacket? No? Okay, keep going. Yeah. Keep playing. Have a good time. Um, yeah, so that's I've, I've gotten to play a, a game with a buddy. That's been a good time. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's something that's fun to kind of crack into. Uh, a standard 5v5 match is uh, 10 minutes long, but then they have shorter matches that mm-hmm. are 5 minutes long. They're like 4v4, 3v3. Um, so it's nice. You can just pop in there for a minute, play a little bit, put it away. Nice. You know, get back to work. So, yeah. Very fun. High recommend. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Well, this is the last week of uh, July to me. July to me. Yes, so it I is. So I am curious to know what you decided to do for your assignment. So I watched The Village. Have you ever, oh. Have you ever seen uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village? Yeah, with what's his name? Uh, Ooh, there's a few. What's his name? Well, Adrian Brody. Yes. She just she made a. <laughs> you didn't see this, but she like pulled on her nose to show a very distinct nose configuration, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, totally. That's Adrian Brody. Oh my yeah. gosh! If we ever do like charades, honey. We'll... <laughs> Adrian. Yeah, you'll <laughs> Adrian do a Brody. nose thing, and I'm like, oh, Adrian Brody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So when when have you seen it last, or had you seen it last? Oh. <sighs> Probably like a year after it came out, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember if I saw this in theaters or not. It would have come out right at the prime age of me going to see movies. Okay. And this was back when I was... I mean, I don't... I wouldn't say I'm not an M. Night Shyamalan fan. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in with most of the population. It's like, Shyamalan can be interesting or he can be really, really bad. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. His in-betweeners are kind of a bummer. And I consider this movie to be an in-betweener. Okay. Um, so do want to shout out the reason I thought of this movie was because, uh, the podcast, we hate movies just did an episode on, uh, the village. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't make any money off this. Go listen to, we hate movies. Uh, they have a Patreon. I really love, they do incredible breakdowns of movies. Mm -hmm. Um, they're phenomenal. Uh, so, but I heard them talk about the episode. I was like, that'd be great for ours. Because, of course, M. Night Shyamalan, he is known for his twists, his twists in films. Right, right. Um, this one is the same way. There's yep. a major twist. But I consider this one to be more of a blatant fib than an interesting, creative decision to 
to uh, mess with the the, uh, the the viewer's head. Okay. So I think a good example of an M. Night Shyamalan twist is The Visit. The uh, Visit. Do you remember The Visit? It's about uh, the young boy oh. and girl that go to visit their grandparents. grandparents. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I loved The Visit. I thought The Visit was great. That was quite the twist, yeah. And... Uh, if you don't want to, if you don't want this spoiled for you, maybe skip ahead 20, 30 seconds. In the visit, it turns out that these two uh, mental uh, patients escaped mm-hmm. from the mental hospital, killed these kids' grandparents, and are now assuming the role as the grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it's revealed is great. It's that one was really cool, and I think that is a well done twist. Yeah, I think the village is a bad twist and I'll, I'll get into why, but, uh, something that was interesting. I was, I was doing just again, minimal research. That's mm-hmm. what we're known for <laughs> on the village. And, uh, I saw some think pieces come up, mm-hmm. uh, when I was just kind of Googling the village. Uh, apparently there's kind of a, uh, relatively recent push by some people saying the village is really good. Like the village is better than you think. I didn't read them, so I, I can't say as to, how, like, if they're just like, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I would disagree if somebody's like, this is a fantastic movie. I think this is a a flawed movie with great elements, mm-hmm. great points. Um, so I, I don't think I'm going to go through all of the village. I don't think I'm going to, like, break it down scene by scene. I'll just kind of point out some some big elements that I either loved or hated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I'll kind of finish it up with why I think this is more of a lie than a twist. Okay. Uh, so, something good. Uh, crazy good performances in mm-hmm. this film. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. I think this is the first thing I really ever saw her in. Uh, she is... So charming and charismatic in this role. Part of that is how she's written. She's written as kind of a a forward, like she speaks her mind. She's yeah. known for just being outspoken. She's the same gal that's in Jurassic Park, right? Yep, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Apparently Ron Howard's, I don't know, daughter, some some, oh, interesting. some familial Relation. connection to uh, Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I forgot how enjoyable she is um, in this. And I also think Joaquin Phoenix does a, a really fantastic job is just kind of the stoic, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Chad. Um, do you know, Chad. do you know the term Chad? No. Chad is a term used by incels, involuntary celibate people okay. to describe a man that fucks. Okay. Yeah. Like Chad's get with Stacy's and I don't remember what <laughs> incels call themselves. Rogers, who knows? Who cares? Okay. But uh, he's he's not a Chad. Like he's a very quiet guy. Um, I I think he's not kind. Of, uh, he's not quite the brightest bulb out there. But he's just sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. I I think would be a good way uh, to describe. Is he him. the dad of Bryce Dallas Howard's? No, character? he's Bryce Dallas Howard's love interest. Love William interest. Hurt is Bryce Dallas Howard's father. Okay, and William Hurt is damn good in this movie. Yeah. There's a scene towards the end where the big twist has been revealed and William Hurt's uh, patriarchal character, I just don't remember his name, he sends his daughter, Mm -hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard, into the woods to go to get medicines. Um, And he is explaining this to the elders who all know this town secret. And I... 
I want to go back just to watch his monologue again. Mm-hmm. And even the dialogue. Everybody does such a good job in that scene. But William Hurt, I, I don't know. I love I love the cadence in which he speaks in that. Um, mm-hmm. God damn it. I can't remember the lines. But he says these like these lines with such passion and sorrow and anger and regret. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it's, oh, man. William Hurt, like, I, I need to go back and dig in more into his filmography because he is phenomenal. Um, I'm guessing most people who are listening to the podcast have probably seen The Village, but if somebody's listening that they've never uh, seen The Village before, do you want to kind of do a rundown of, like, what the movie's about? Sure. So, uh, The Village, uh, it is about this uh, small community. Um, this small community that you were led to believe is around in the 1860s. Mm. A little hint as to why this movie is a fibber, mm-hmm. and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who is a blind woman uh, living in this village, um, and it turns out there are monsters surrounding mm-hmm. this village, but this village and the monsters have made a treaty. If the villagers don't go into the forest, the monsters won't come into the village. Um through certain uh, happenstance and chicanery, uh, the big uh, turn happens when Joaquin Phoenix, who's kind of the young male protagonist in this film, gets stabbed. Um, and his love, Bryce Dallas Howard, needs to get medicine to uh, help him recover. Mm-hmm. So she has to go into the woods with the monsters to get to the other town. That's, that's the gist of it, essentially, but it turns out there is a dark secret surrounding this village and mm-hmm. the elders. Um, and I'll get into that, and I'll spoil it here pretty soon. Uh, but some things that uh, I didn't like, I think somebody should have either talked to M. Night Shyamalan or talked to Adrian Brody or sit them both down and be like, <laughs> this character's a bad idea. You are making a mentally challenged man the villain in this movie, and that's not okay. True. Yeah, so uh, Adrian Brody plays a uh, mentally challenged man. I'd say man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's kind of a child of sorts. He just, you know, he's... he's uh, I, I believe mentally challenged is still an okay term. Yeah, I think so. But it appears that he may kind of be... Uh, maybe autistic. It, like, it's such a broad portrayal mm-hmm. of a mentally challenged person. I have no idea if it's Down syndrome, autism... Right. Whatever it would be, it's just generally a mentally challenged character, and I think that's not a good look. Isn't he in love with Bryce's character? Yes. So like they grew up together. Yeah. So Adrian Brody's character finds out that uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix have made their intentions clear that they will marry, and then Adrian Brody's character uh, stabs Joaquin Phoenix multiple times. which, again, he is he's mentally challenged. He is not... We are led to believe, and I think that the character, the portrayal of the character is he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have a, a, an, 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 a clear understanding of right and wrong. Okay. Um, but the darkest thing is... So, this will get into spoiler territory. We're going full spoiler from here on out. Uh, as Bryce Dallas Howard is trying to go to the other town... Um, all of a sudden, she is chased by this uh, monster, mm-hmm. and she ends up tricking it and leads it to fall into a pit. Yes. Come right. to find out, 
that uh, after Adrian Brody stabbed Joaquin Phoenix, he was put in the quiet room. Mm-hmm. He got under the floorboards where they hid, the elders hid an outfit of one of the monsters, uh, the they who we do not talk about or whatever they call them. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how the elders are keeping everybody in this town is by pretending there are monsters out there so they stay safe within the town. Um, Joaquin Phoenix finds this and escapes, like crawls under the, the house or something. You mean Adrian Brody does? Yes, thank okay. you. Um, and he runs after Bryce Dallas Howard, finds her somehow. She's been out there for like a day and a half or two days. Um, so it's kind of like it gets a little flimsy there. Mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about that stuff. Like I can make a logical leap that he can somehow follow her out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Bryce Dallas Howard thinks that even though she's been told these monsters aren't real, you know, she's been raised to believe that these monsters are real and they have a little, they use a little audio clip of William Hurt saying, these monsters aren't real, but they are based off legends that mm-hmm. I used to teach in my history class when I lived in the towns, which they keep calling it. Um, and so she thinks, oh shit, they are real, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and tricks the monster into falling in the pit. And then it's, it is so dark and sad I remember when I was young, it really affected me. But even like even more so now, I'm just like, like that that mentally challenged man just just fell to his death and died. And you can see Adrian Brody like it's he delivered from what he I does because he looks so scared uh-huh. and confused and just is crying. Oh whining, my god, right? it's it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah, it's and. Uh, I I don't think that M Night Shyamalan is showing that to be like our 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 protagonist is triumphant, but it also just really sours the movie. I don't think there's any point. I don't know what the purpose is besides to bum me the fuck out because yeah. it is so sad. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Um, so that I boy I really think that was a major miscue. Uh, misunderstanding of generally of, of mentally what it means to be mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, you know, again, we look at stuff from the 2021 lens, right. but we can understand, you know, the movie came out in, uh, Oh, maybe Oh six, something like that. Still just, yeah. Narratively it's, it's just, it's so muddy and weird and sad, yeah. terribly sad. Um, so that was something that I really hated. Really hated. Uh, something else I wasn't a big fan of. They wasted Sigourney Weaver. Did you know Sigourney Weaver's in this movie? I don't remember her. Yeah, nobody does because she's barely in it. What character? Was she just one of the elders? Yeah. And like her and William Hurt kind of have like an unspoken like a- affection for each other. But I'm pretty sure William Hurt is married in this movie. Huh. So it's very confusing. So she's like a side piece. Yeah, and she plays Joaquin Phoenix's mother. Oh. Okay. Um, she just. She could have been so much more. She was. Yeah. She totally wasted. Sigourney huh. Weaver's incredible. Uh, so that's a bummer. Not a, not a big thing. It's just like, damn, you had Sigourney, mm-hmm. and you did dick all with her. Like <laughs> that. Oh, misstep. Uh, gosh, some other things that I like. Um, something that We Hate Movies pointed out that I never really uh, thought of. Yeah. Great soundtrack. Incredible oh, music. Yeah. Um, I will also say it's visually very, very pretty. It mm-hmm. is a visually captivating movie to watch. I like the design of the uh, outfits 
mm-hmm. that those who we do not discuss in public or whatever, <laughs> speak up. Um, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't it have like a pig face and antlers or something? Uh, it was kind of an amalgamation of like almost like a porcupine. Oh, that's it, right. It looked like something that should have been in the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not too familiar with the Dark Crystal, so feel free to hit us up on social media yeah. as to what the monsters in the Dark Crystal are called. I don't know. Um, I wasn't raised on Dark Crystal. Just like I wasn't raised on the Goonies, I don't give a shit about the Goonies either. Like, it's all good. Like, if people love the Goonies, they love Dark Crystal, totally fine. I didn't grow up with it, so I don't care. Yeah. I should probably try and care a little more. I've uh, seen, I don't know. I've seen you. the Goonies multiple times, and it just doesn't captivate me. Uh, well, when, when did you first watch it? Probably when I was like 14. So yeah, I, I probably, probably I might have watched it younger, but I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't capture my imagination for some reason. Hmm. Anywho, uh, so let's see, anything else? So again, I don't think this is a, like a, uh, I don't, I don't remember. I think it's a We Hate Movies uses the metrics of good, bad, 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 or a movie I kind of like. <laughs> it's not bad, bad. I think it might be good, bad. Because there are, again, the only major things that I think make this movie bad are the twist and how it is implemented. Yeah. And Adrian Brody's character. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's too goddamn sad. Um, So to get to the twist. uh, So the major twist in this film is that the elders, uh, they were part of like a grief counseling group in the 70s or 80s. They had all lost someone. And something that I like is they kind of lay those they lay those breadcrumbs out throughout the movie. You slowly find out that all the elders lost someone when they were somewhat young. Like uh, one lady, her sister was murdered in an alley when she was twenty three. Oh, that's uh, right. William Hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah, William Hurt's dad was shot in, in his bed uh, hmm. by a business partner just over money. Okay. Um, Sigourney Weaver. Maybe she lost her husband. I think that's right. Okay. So everybody, violence had occurred in their family. Right. So they all came together. William Hurt was extremely wealthy and also a professor. Um, so because his, his father was extremely wealthy. Okay. Uh, so they basically have this gigantic nature preserve. They go and start a life in that nature preserve. And they tell everybody that it's the 1800s. And uh, they can't go outside the village like it's basically them just making an insular world they are free from the violence of the world you know and uh i don't know again weird that they think they're they're free from the dangers of the world like violence but then because there's a mentally challenged person in the village violence like that feels weird too like i don't know just again adrian brody's character really makes me queasy Mm -hmm. Something that I noticed after listening to We Hate Movies and watching the movie is uh, one of the opening scenes is, or I believe the opening scene, uh, oh man, this great actor. I, I never remember his name. He's a good character actor. He was the dad in 28 Days Later that gets some blood in his eye and he freaks out. Um, mm. Really good. But he is burying his son. It's mm. very sad. It's, uh, it's a beautiful scene. And he's just laying next to his son's coffin, and he's like, you know, who's going to hold my hand? It's it's beautiful. But uh, they show the, the headstone, and it shows, like, kid's name, 
born 1859, died 1867. I think they should have left the tombs no dates on the tombstone. Okay. That would have been very that like in a wild west kind of mentality. Uh, just they could have put a uh, beloved son da 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 no age range and let the just let it ride on the visuals of the film and on the uh, on uh, the way they speak to each other. We okay. would have gotten it. We yeah. would have been like, oh yeah, this is probably like eighteen hundred something like that. For him to put the date. The yeah. dates in there, it is. I think it's that either M Night Shyamalan or a producer didn't. They just wanted to drive home the twist a little too much, mm-hmm. and that's. You don't need that. It's a blatant fib to the audience. You are okay. We are told this is eighteen hundreds, and then they pull out a dumb twist later that it's actually modern day, and you know we find that out late in the film. It's like, well, that's not a twist. You just lied. You just told us something that is incorrect in the film. You know, I understand that the the characters, you know, they put that on there and mm-hmm. the characters, the elders are lying to the other characters in the film. But you don't need that. And it's, it is a blatant fib to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that thing makes the twist even worse. And more annoying. I think without that, the twist still would have been kind of mediocre. But just like for them to just, you know, piss on your leg and tell you it's raining from scene one mm-hmm. is, I don't know, maybe I'm being pedantic, but I think it's shitty. Hmm. I think you should have enough faith in your actors, in the script, uh, that you don't to need that. The... Yes. Gotcha. Because that's another thing that's, that's kind of annoying is even when. Uh, the elders are alone. Mm-hmm. They still like. How for, how for shall we, <laughs> make haste to the towns to procure, the medicines needed? It's like, shut the fuck up, Terry. Like, <laughs> what do we need to do here? It's just you and me talking. Similar to uh, in the final Christopher Nolan Batman movie, mm-hmm. where Catwoman knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. But he still talks like this to her. It's like, why, dog? Like, drop it for five minutes and have a heart-to-heart with me. So that that stuff was a little annoying. Um, and just having seen the movie, knowing the twist, it makes it a harder watch when you're like, these guys are talking like assholes for no reason. Like, but just think, to each other. I mean, wouldn't that have... Was that after you found out the twist then that they started talking like that? Or What know? do you mean? So did they already like reveal like this is a fake village to the gal who needs to go get the medicine? Well, no. Throughout the entire movie, they talk in. Right. Yes. So I, I'm misunderstanding your question. Well, you were saying that you were like annoyed that they were still talking about it, um, even though they know. Yeah. You know. So I guess as the viewers watching, you still have to portray that they're yes. still within this. A fresh watch, it would be fine. I think it would be fine until you find out the twist, and then you probably think, like, why were they talking like that when it was just, like, Sigourney Weaver and William Hurt? They don't need to talk like that. You could argue that, you know, they've lived this life for so long, and they just, they are so committed to the lie Mm -hmm. that they don't even dare speak in modern, you know, uh, Or maybe they forgot how to (laughs) I guess, I guess. Regularly. It's still just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, But honestly, I think... I liked the movie more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. 
just based off of most of the performances and the cinematography and the music. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a bad again, not a bad film. I'd call it a good bad film. Mm-hmm. I think that even once you know the twist, it might be a little little bit of a a hard watch. But okay. I think if you could focus on their performances, uh, I I don't know. I I thought it was I thought those carried it for me. Mm-hmm. Like there was a part or two where I was kind of looking for my cell phone, but then William Hurt would like just crush it. I'm like, okay, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back here. I think that when I first watched it, um, I. Well, and maybe now that I'm older, I tend to, like, predict things in mm-hmm. movies that we watch. But I think I remember watching this one and not having any type of predictions as to what's going to happen. And I was, like, genuinely shocked with the twist. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, I can't remember how I felt when I was younger and I watched it. Mm-hmm. But I think you have this kind of mystical element that is cool, and then it's totally swept out from under you. You'll be like, oh no, they're just nerds that all moved out to the woods. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as magic. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not as interesting as if there was some sort of... Magical being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think this one's pretty middling as mm-hmm. far as his filmography. Like, top stuff, I would say, would be like Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, uh, Visit is up there for me Mm -hmm. this one is kind of middling as well as signs i got a soft spot for signs yeah but you know the aliens are allergic to water is dumb because that's what most (laughs) of our atmosphere is made of is water um and uh boy bottom would be of course last airbender uh uh what was the not split splits splits middling for me Mm -hmm. uh but that third one where it was Unbreakable and Split come together for a big final showdown. Oh, yeah. That one I thought was... I understand that it's kind of a commentary on modern superhero tales. Mm-hmm. But again, it just kind of like... It's a, I like a twist that goes from something interesting to something interesting. When mm-hmm. a twist goes from something interesting to something mundane, I think that's really hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredibly hard to pull off. And I think that the the village falls prey to that, as well as, goddamn, the third. Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Glass is that what Glass? Glass. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. Glass falls when you're like, oh, there's gonna be this big, you know, all-out brawl at the the big new building in Philadelphia, and then Bruce Willis gets drowned in a puddle. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, okay, I guess that's that's a twist. Yeah. It's not fun, mm-hmm. but it's a twist. Uh, so yeah, that's, you know, so I don't know what to say about it. I guess I've said everything about it, but like, it's not, I don't know if I'll watch it again for another like 20 years. Right. But it was fun to revisit. Good. Because I mean, especially like Walking Phoenix kind of doing a lot of interesting things, um, Oh, he was in that movie, like, I'm Still Here, I believe, where he was pretending to be a rapper, and it was very much a... a oh, wasn't it supposed to be, like, a documentary-style Yeah, movie? but I believe he was just kind of... It was... Yeah, it was a, blurring the lines between documentary and reality sort of thing. Yeah, that's It was right. interesting, but, of course, his portrayal of Joker is 
award-winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see him uh, early on, you know, in a very reserved role, um, I thought was great. And again, just, I don't know, like, William Hurt's daddy in this movie. What are you going to do? Like, he is <laughs> damn good. Uh, yeah, I'll have to show you that final scene where he's making his case to the elders. Because mm. I, yeah, blew me away. Nice. So, Great job, sweetie. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun one. Like, you know, there's a lot of movies where I thought of trying to watch something with a, uh, uh, what's what's the term? A uh, unbelievable narrative or a narrator. So, God, I can't remember the term, but it's the idea that the person selling, telling the story is not to be believed. Gotcha. So I was thinking of watching Lolita. I've never seen Lolita. Hmm. I read the book in college and I loved it. Yeah. Um, because uh, oh, the guy's name is like HH or something. Huh. Uh, but uh, he is an unreliable narrator. I think that's the term. Okay. Because he lies about shit. He's mm-hmm. a he's a pathological liar, and you know um, we're being told this story right by a man that is absolutely not to be trusted. And uh, the way they set it up again at the beginning of the book is a deep cut from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. which I never would have gotten outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Read, it, read it in the classroom, and the professor pointed out, like, you know, he's saying this stuff happened. That's pulled directly from a Shakespeare play. So he is lying to you from jump. Okay. I also, quick tangent, I remember when we were reading that book, mm-hmm. again, the uh, narrator is, he's gross. He is seducing and grooming a child, like a oh. 12 or 13-year-old child, Lolita, the titular Lolita. He's he's a disgusting man, but it was so weird because there was one girl in the classroom that she's like, I don't know, I he's I think he's kind of sexy. And everyone <laughs> in the class was like, What? Oh man, we just learned a lot about you. Are you saying very little? <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah, it it was weird. It was hmm. gnarly. Anyways, weird. <laughs> so, but uh, this one again, I. Yeah, it's it goes beyond twist to just lying to the audience to mm-hmm. try and pull the rug out from under them later, and that's not fair. Right. Yeah, in my opinion. So. Well, nice job. Sweetie. Yeah. Do we need? We don't need to talk about the Loki finale, right? That was last week. That was last okay, week. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, again, loved it. Can't wait for what it. What if? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh. Looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's another movie coming out that I'm really looking forward to. But, of course, I can't think of it now. Uh, anything you're looking forward to coming up? Well, uh, can we spoil what we're doing next week with our friends? Yeah, so That's we're... looking forward to. We're not necessarily breaking format. We are just revisiting uh, Food Wars yeah. with some friends. Uh, Amber was out of town. And I had the privilege of recording with Mitch and Tara. Mm-hmm. And we had a blast. And I think it's unfair, nay, unjust, <laughs> that I'm the only one that got to record with Mitch and Tara. So we are going to have them on next week. Mm-hmm. Amber will be here. Mitch and Tara are going to be here. And we are going to do two Northern Colorado local donut shops. We are going to do a Donut House. And Lamar's Donuts. Versus Lamar's Donuts. We have had people say, like, those are the donut spots mm-hmm. in Northern Colorado. Um, I'm super excited. Oh, me too. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, Yeah, and I was talking with uh, Mitch, and we were talking, like, I don't know if either of them do breakfast sandwiches, 
So we might have to do like uh, just straight up donuts versus like maybe a specialty pastry. Oh, okay. And then their their coffees, coffees. head to head. So, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, I guess go out and buy donuts from each of those places if you want. <laughs> if you want to kind of have uh, have a take that you send to us, we would uh, absolutely appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a reason to eat donuts. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm excited for next week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, there won't be any new Marvel uh, media until, well, we only got a few weeks ahead of us. I believe August 15th, give or take, is when What If comes out. Okay. So we'll start talking about those episodes uh, as they... Just in time for school to start. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Cash getting into school. I am he, too. Yeah. He's going to be going to a new school. We're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's something to be excited about. Mm-hmm. I mean, just not only... You know, having time that we can dedicate to work and things like that. Right. You know, and him getting to school, but just the uh, opportunities that hopefully this new school will open up for him. I think it'll be great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be fantastic. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Uh, You can find us on all the social shit. Is that what what I was supposed to say? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hit me up. Uh, Well, rather hit us up. Uh, If you're playing... Pokemon Unite, like holler at your boy. Like I'd love to, love to team up. It'd be so fun to play with four other people. You can do those five by fives nice. or five v fives if I had four other people to play with. Mm. That'd be real good. So, and then like, tell Amber she's a great stager because <laughs> that's mostly what I've seen is people like reaching out to you, being like, I need you to stage my home now, or like, you know, friends are moving. They're like, I need you to come in now. So. Well, it's kind of nice, too, because I've been getting some uh, uh, people on my Facebook Messenger just saying, like, hey, I'm redoing my cabinets. What what type of paint would mm-hmm. you recommend? Or, yeah. you know, I'm, I need to retile my kitchen. What color do you think I should go with? Or, you know, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like being useful and, and helpful to, to friends and family. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. even just advice. Like, I, I had some clients call me up or text me a few days ago asking about uh, the potential value of their home and i just looked up some recent comps i'm like i'm seeing mostly in this price range and they said oh good okay we're thinking of refinancing and Mm -hmm. uh doing some other stuff and i'm like oh great yeah this is what i'm seeing you know uh so hopefully an appraiser would see the same comps that i'm seeing yeah uh so uh, yeah i we don't get any money from that stuff but we just we love what we do so we love talking about it Mm -hmm. so yeah if you ever we don't at least I don't really talk about real estate too much on this podcast. If you have any real estate or interior design questions, please send them our way. Um, yeah, maybe one month we'll do like a look We're for like only. real. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking like for me, I could watch uh, Santa Clarita Diet because they're both realtors in that oh, show. Oh, that's true. You yeah. know, things like that uh, might be a good time. And I'll watch Fixer Upper. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's or not property bad. Property Brothers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again, guys. Got a bit of a short episode this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I lied to you last week. I said we were coming out on Monday. Clearly, that's not happening because we're recording on Tuesday, and once I hit stop, we are putting this bad boy out into the internet. So thank you, as always, for your patience with us, Yep. and uh, we love you tons. Hope you have an amazing week. Uh, take care of yourself. And we'll see your, you next week. And your community. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye.